Good morning, Varsity. Nice to see you all uh, here and back at home. My name is Samuel Neufeld, and this is my friend Sherry Pham. And uh, today we're going to do a, kind of like a, I don't know, a team effort in sharing to you about the Psalms. And so what I thought we would do today is just share a little bit about our first impressions about the Psalms. Um, how did they impact us growing up? And then um, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about the background to the Psalms. And we're going to share about uh, how the Psalms affect us personally and as a community. And then give you some suggestions for how you can pray the Psalms in your own life. So... My first encounter with the Psalms was not that profound. I remember reading Psalm 23, and I didn't get past the first line because it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want what? I didn't know what. I shall not want, and, and so I thought for years I didn't know the answer to that. But I, I do also remember actually Shirley Deal saying that this was her favorite psalm because it said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of my life. And so that was like her psalm kind of thing. <laughs> but it, when I think about it a little bit more deeper, I think um, how have the psalms shaped my life? I think it's mostly through music. And I learned the psalms by singing them. And so if I think back, I think one of the first songs I learned um, Amy Grant taught me Psalm 119, verse 5. I don't want to sing it. Okay. <laughs> Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And um, Steve Bell taught me Psalm 90. Satisfy us in the morning with your love. Someone named, who I didn't know, John W. Pearson taught me part of Psalm 23, which is Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And then the Maranatha singers taught me Psalm 100. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. So I think that <laughs> the Psalms are kind of like a soundtrack to my spiritual life. And, but the interesting thing is the words of those Psalms are still with me now. And they have been sung into my heart and they come up when I need it. So... How about you, Sherry? Okay, so for me, and thank you for reminding me of those songs, some of you, because I think we can forget how many of those actually are around, even the ones that we sang this morning. I'm so appreciative that Dave picked these beautiful songs based in the Psalms. For me, um, I was thinking about uh, what are some of my earliest memories of the Psalms. And Psalm 23 is mine as well. And uh, when I think of Psalm 23, I have this image that emerges in my mind. And this is an image of green pastures, still waters, in a really peaceful and serene place. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And I do not know how early on in my life that particular image got formed in my psyche. Um, but when I have that image in my mind, not only is the scenery beautiful in my mind's eye, but there's also an emotional component, which is this feeling of peace, of rest, that everything's going to be okay because I'm being led by my shepherd. We've just come through Advent, 
um, and Christmas season. And something that goes along with those emotions of rest and peace and a shepherd and a sheep, I also, when I was a young child, played with the nativity scene that my parents had in our home. And in this nativity scene, there's this tall, youthful shepherd, figurine. And this youthful shepherd has a lamb around his shoulders, and he's carrying this lamb, and it's just a beautiful image. And so when I think of Psalm 23, there are those images, there are those emotions, and I think of that shepherd like Jesus carrying me, this vulnerable lamb, and I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. So those are some of my reflections or ponderings that go deep into my childhood and deep into me um, from the Psalms. Thanks, Jerry. So let me give you just a little bit of a, I guess, Cole's Notes background to the Psalms um, to give you kind of a context of the Psalms and where they sit in the Bible. Um, so not surprisingly, the Psalms kind of means songs of praise. And there's 150 Psalms. David wrote 73 of them. And there were other writers as well, including Solomon, Asaph, Moses, and others. And it was written over the course of about a thousand years. And what's so special about the Psalms is that it's written in the context of the rest of the Old Testament. So in a way, um, they provide kind of an insider's view to the historical events that occurred in their testament. So for example, especially in the life of David, because a lot of the Psalms he wrote um, were based on his personal experiences. Um, but also, the Psalms are also infused throughout the New Testament. In fact, in the 260 chapters of the New Testament, uh, the Psalms are used more than 400 times. So you could say that the Bible is infused with the Psalms, and the context of the Psalms is the other 65 books of the Bible. So I think some people call it, the, the Psalms are like the mini Bible. And it is also the only book in the Bible that's made up exclusively of prayers to God. Other books are, there's um, history, there's letters, there's poetry, and, but this, the Psalms are prayers addressed to God. And that's why the Psalms are often called the prayer book of the Bible. And it's used by, it was used by the people of Israel as a prayer book for worship services, so people would pray them together. They would often sing them. Um, they would learn and memorize the Psalms, so it was a part of the fabric of their, their life. And we know that Jesus, growing up in the Jewish culture, prayed the Psalms, and it was infused into his life. And you can see that Many of his words in the New Testaments are actually direct quotations from the Psalms. And in fact, his final words are quotations from the Psalms. So how then shall we approach the Psalms? And I would suggest that we can use the Psalms. They're basically tools for prayer. And some people might well say, why do we need tools for prayer? We can just pray to God. That's just a natural thing that we do. And I think that's true. But I, I thought I'd illustrate by talking about my kids. And so I have this one son, which I won't say which one it is. Um, but he didn't speak for a long time. He was like, and, but I was able to respond to him like a lot of parents uh, can because we are just have this amazing capacity to, you know, understand everything our kids are doing, even though no one else does. And so he'd be like, ah, ah, 
And I'd be like, this one? He's like, eh. This one? No. This one? Eh. This one? Ah. And I'd be like, oh. And then I'd give it to him. And so I could always like meet his needs. And, um, and we, we could always like communicate with him. But I have to say, it was so lovely when he finally learned how to speak and could have real, meaningful communication. And in the same way, I think God hears all our prayers. Um, when we say help, God hears us. When we say thank you, God, he hears us. But I think what happens with me personally, sometimes my, I think my imagination fails me. Um, I sometimes run out of things to say, or maybe I'm so self-focused uh, about my own issues that I, I lose the bigger picture. Or sometimes I feel inadequate, um, like I'm not, I don't have the spiritual maturity to pray um, what I need to pray. And so I think it's a good thing then that God has graciously given us this language that we need in order to learn to pray the Psalms. And, and so Eugene Peterson, um, he had this amazing book called Answering God. He says that the Psalms are a tool to help us pray. And there are tools not to help us do something or make something like most tools are, but they help us become. They are tools that teach us how to pray. And the way we use them is by praying them. So when we pray the Psalms, we allow God to do his work in us. And so I found it was really interesting that the primary purpose of prayer then is not necessarily to express ourselves, but to become ourselves, to become truly who we are supposed to be in God. And the Psalms teach us to be fully honest and open and personal before God. And why can we do this? Why can we be so honest before God? And it's because he first revealed himself to us. So he spoke first. He's the initiator of our relationship. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, we learn to speak to God because God has spoken to us and speaks to us. And so we can rest in that um, knowledge that God started this work in us and we are invited to join in when we pray the Psalms. So what does this look like? Um, there's this guy named David Taylor, and he, he uh, has this really interesting way of, of seeing the Psalms. And he says, the Psalms are where the prayers of the inner heart are placed in the context of the larger church body, the congregation. And I think we often read the Psalms for our personal devotions and personal reflection, but they're always set in the context of community and corporate worship. And so... Um, Sherry and I are going to talk about those two aspects, the personal and the corporate. And so Sherry's going to talk about the personal connections. Okay, so these two aspects, the Psalms as corporate worship communally experienced, and then the Psalms as a personal experience before God, that's what we are going to emphasize. And my task is to do that personal connection. I'm going to start there. So before I say anything, I do want to say that um, I'm going to be sharing my personal reflections here on the Psalms and this idea of personally connecting with God through the Psalms. It's me as a fellow uh, believer and sister in Christ sharing with you my ponderings and my reflections. And some of you may gravitate to it and some of you maybe won't be able to relate to it. But I hope that that's okay. My prayer is that you will find some nuggets in what I'm saying that'll be helpful. 
um, and resonate with you. So I want to start this by asking a, a, a question that's not related to the, to the Psalms. And here's the question. What is your favorite song, just generally? We probably all have a list of songs we really like, but what is your favorite one? If you have more than one, just pick one. And I actually want you to bring it to your mind. So really think of it. What is your favorite song? All right, now I'll ask you some more questions. Why is it your favorite? What about it makes it your favorite? What emotions is it associated with? And I suspect for some of you, um, it's the music of the song that really gets you deep inside, really connects with you. For others of you, the lyrics are going to be key and super important for making it, elevating it to the status of your favorite. And for probably most of us, it's going to be a, maybe a combination of both of those things. And they're all going to be different, aren't they? Among all of us, we're all going to have a different one. Mine is going to be different than some use, is going to be different than Dave's and other people's. But regardless of what the reasons are that make this song your favorite, I suspect that the reason it's your favorite is because it touches something deep inside of you. It touches something that is within your core and gives it expression. It's a representation of something super important and core to you. And I believe that this is one of the key functions and gifts of the Psalms for Christians. They are poetry that was originally set to music. We've lost that music in history, but as we've done this morning, we are, we are bringing music into the Psalms as we were singing this morning, and there are so many of those. They enable us to connect with God beyond the intellect into something that is deeper, more emotionally laden, as well as intellectual, I would say. So the Psalms are poetry set to music. They are artful expressions of the psalmists, similar perhaps to the music or song that you, was brought to your mind when I asked you what was your favorite. As C.S. Lewis noted, the Psalms are poems intended to be sung, not doctrinal treatises or sermons. They often use the language of metaphor to move us beyond the intellectual to the emotional. And in the Psalms, we see the breadth and depth of emotion expressed in very personal ways. The full breadth and depth of emotions you can see captured in the Psalms. I'm going to read a couple of passages from the Psalms, and I'm not going to tell you what emotion is associated with, or multiple emotion, emotions are associated with this, with this passage, but I want you to kind of maybe close your eyes and see if you can emotionally connect um, or experience um, as I read the passage. So here's the first one. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. 
He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. All right, there's one passage. For me, I wrote down joy and praise. There's an overwhelming thanksgiving that comes through to me in this psalm. Now, here's another one. Have mercy on me. Oh God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, whose tongues cut like swords. All right. For me, that captures anxiety and fear. There's danger here, and I need safety. So I suspect that as I read those two passages, and I could read many, many more, many, many more, I suspect that uh, some people connected more with one of those psalms than the other, with one of those, some of those verses than other verses. And this perhaps is related to the emotional state that you currently find yourself in, and how well these verses maybe captured that for you. I think this demonstrates the opportunity that we have in the Psalms to emotionally connect with God by bringing our emotions to him as we read and meditate on the Psalms. Now, I don't know about you, but I am particularly drawn to the Psalms, not when I'm feeling joyful and thankful and happy and excited, in those times, I naturally feel that God is close to me. That, that's the way maybe I am wired in my spirit and as a person. But I am particularly drawn to the Psalms when I have the opposite experience. When I am going through something in my life that is a struggle, that is difficult, where I'm confused, when I'm afraid, when I'm anxious or grieving, because this is when I feel like God is absent. I feel distance from God. I feel like I'm alone. And this is when I can come to the Psalms. And I find that they are like an anchor that stabilizes me because they keep me connected to God in the midst of an emotion that would otherwise overwhelm me. So speaking now quite personally um, within my own profession as a psychologist, I believe that the first step in dealing with negative emotions is to express them. So for those people that maybe are going through a season of your life, and these times are replete with opportunities to go into helplessness, fear, anxiety, sorrow. These are, this is a season I think our, our society is going through, as we've even seen this last week um, more prominently. Um, I think that the Psalms can be a particular tool for us in these kinds of seasons. They are a tool or a gift to enable us to initiate an opening up before God, 
to receive his presence in exactly the place where we need it. All right, so I want to give a few notes. We're going to kind of apply this in a moment, but a couple of notes to us about this. All right, the first one, I think as Christians, we need to give ourselves permission to express our emotions honestly with God. We need to allow ourselves to not squelch or quelch down these negative emotions we feel when we are with God. That's the place for us to bring those forward because that's where he wants to meet us. He's in exactly that place. And I think we need to do this even if those emotions are associated with shame. I think we can sometimes feel like this emotion, I shouldn't feel this way. The Psalms are full of lots of anger actually and lots of negative emotions. And I don't see any of that shame among the authors, the writers of the Psalms. One of the beautiful things about the Psalms is they unabashedly lay themselves out before God in all of their raw reality. And I think that we as Christians need to give ourselves permission to do the same thing. And I think we have a great example from Christ actually, who also went to the Psalms in the hour of his greatest distress. When he's on the cross, what does he do? As he's dying, he actually goes to Psalm 22 and cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a quote from the Psalms. And here we have Christ giving us that example of being honest before God with where we are. And I'll turn it back to some of you now to do the other side of the coin, which is the communal. Thanks, Sherry. And so there is that undeniable, personal, deep connection that that, uh, happens when we pray the Psalms. Um, But we also have to remember that the Psalms are intended to be prayed in community, and there's a reason for that. Um, I think sometimes reading the Psalms together draws us away from sometimes our own tendency to become self-absorbed in our own worries and concerns. And we get drawn into a more maybe honest and comprehensive life of prayer. And so if we read the Psalms solely as a way to find personal relevance, I think sometimes we miss out on some of the essential purpose of the Psalms as a communal book. And to illustrate this, One of my favorite psalms in my early 20s and still now is Psalm 139. And, uh, you know, in my early 20s, I was thinking about what's God's plan for my life, what, what, and I didn't want to stray from his will, and I was worried about, you know, um, doing, choosing the wrong thing. And Psalm 139 kind of helped me get my bearings back, because it says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways before word is on my tongue. You, Lord, know it completely. And that assurance that God knew me completely um, kind of relieved a lot of my worries about where I should, if it was possible for me to, to stray from God's will. But, as some of you may know, that same psalm had this kind of problem part in the psalm, like probably near the end, 
It goes, if only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from you, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. And so I'm like, I'm not a hateful person. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with this. And And it just felt like it didn't connect with the rest of the psalm, which was so uplifting to me. And so my impulse and inclination was to pretend it wasn't there. So when I read it, I just skip that part and move down to the the last part there. And, And that's, you know, it wasn't relevant to me. And I thought, well, you know, that part might be relevant to some people, but not to me. And so that's essentially what I did for like literally years. The problem, though, as Sherry had mentioned, is the Psalms are full of these kinds of prayers, like the, the prayers preceding and after are all these enemy, you know, curse prayers. And so if we choose to ignore them, then we're missing out on something really important that God's trying to teach us. And, and so it's kind of forces you to think about uh, why are they here? Why, why do they have these curse Psalms? And so I think, if we pray these psalms as a personal prayer and only as a personal prayer, it doesn't make sense. Because I don't connect with that personally. But when we pray them in the context of the community, I think these prayers remind us of the reality of the world in which we live. And the reality of the world is that it's a broken place. It is full of suffering, injustice, oppression, evil, and not just you know, the physical or people evil, but spiritual evil, spiritual forces that are seeking our destruction. And they remind us that it is this evil that exists is what led us, you know, Jesus to ultimately go to the cross and die for those sins that we committed. And, and so if we negate that part, then we are kind of negating almost the crucifixion and the need for Jesus to die. And so when we pray these Psalms, and we're not experiencing the emotion or the anger that the psalmist is expressing, I think uh, we can remind ourselves of the pain and oppression that our brothers and sisters around the world may be experiencing. We become connected with the suffering of the persecuted church. When we pray these psalms and we do feel these emotions, we can be assured that we are not alone. We are bringing our pain to a God who can handle our anger and our suffering. And we're bringing our pain to a community who will bear it along with us. And so it's important to remember that we are always in community when we pray the Psalms. Even when we pray them alone, we are still connected to the past and present body of Christ. We are praying the same words that our fellow Christian brothers and sisters are praying all over the world, in Nigeria, in the Bible Belt of the United States, in the Dominican Republic, in Syria, They're the same words that King David prayed, that Christian saints and martyrs and ordinary folk throughout history have prayed. And they're the same words that Jesus prayed. We are participating in a collective common response to God. And how awesome is that? So in conclusion, when we say, what are the Psalms? We can say that they're the tools for spiritual formation, for in them we have scripture, we have prayer, we have community. They are a gift of God to the people of Israel, and they are a gift 
of God to all of us. So I hope you are inspired now to dive into the Psalms, and we have a few suggestions too uh, for spiritual practice, and you can pick one of them. And the first one, um, it's in the back of the book of Eugene Peterson's Answering God, and he's quite, uh, he's very succinct in how you can pray the Psalms. And he says, open your Bible to the book of Psalms and pray them sequentially, regularly, faithfully across a lifetime. This is how most Christians across the centuries have matured in prayer. Nothing fancy, just do it. Understanding comes with use. So this week, your task, if you so choose, is to read Psalm 1 on Monday. The next day, read Psalm 2. And so on and so forth till you reach the end and then start all over again. Read them slowly. Read it out loud. Write down what you're thinking. And so the suggestion is maybe spend 10 or 15 minutes reading the Psalms and then five or 10 minutes journaling whatever is on your mind and spirit. Paying attention to yourself, the person answering God. And Sherry. Okay, so option two. And this is related probably more to uh, when I was talking about personal connection and how the Psalms can be an opportunity for us to to connect with God emotionally in the seasons, particularly, for me, a hard season you may be going through. So here's a suggestion. Choose a Psalm that expresses an emotion that you're currently experiencing. And that could be joy or sorrow Hope, fear, praise, the list is endless. And as you read it, make make it a prayerful expression of your own heart to God. And what I would say is read it through once and then ponder it. And then read it through slowly again and just allow it to be something that um, enables you to express your own heart before God. Um, If you go on the internet, there are all kinds of resources you can find, which is emotions that are associated with different psalms. And if you want to do that, you'll get a list of, if you're anxious, here are some psalms that express that. If you are fearful, here are some psalms. If you are sad or grieving or in pain or... And I would say you can use the psalms for that purpose, especially if you are feeling distant from God right now. I would suggest you can use the Psalms that way. Great. And so now, um, as a corporate, like a response to uh, the message, we are going to listen to Psalm 23. And as you listen, you can meditate on that. And remember that we are together as a body worshiping God. And if you're at home, you can sing it.
And so what I want to do is close us in prayer. And then the end of the prayer is going to be a benediction. And it's going to be a benediction that I'm going to pronounce over you. Um, and it will be familiar words, as we've been emphasizing this morning. But just join me in prayer. Our beautiful Heavenly Father, thank you for your guidance, your presence, and your unfailing love that surround us, that surrounds us and infuses us at all times. And Lord, I just pray that we would experience the fullness of that love and your presence as we leave here today. Um, whatever season we find ourselves in, I pray that we would be prompted to come to you, to meet with you throughout the weeks ahead. And in coming to meet with you, that we would feel your comfort and guidance wherever it is that we need it. We praise you and thank you. I pray for our congregation and all the needs that are represented here. And thank you that you are leading us. And now, be reminded, church, that the Lord is your shepherd, and you have all that you need. He lets you rest in green meadows. He leads you beside peaceful streams. He renews your strength. He guides you along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when you walk through the darkest valley, you will not be afraid, for he is close beside you. His rod and his staff protect and comfort you. He prepares a feast for you in the presence of your enemies, and he honors you by anointing your head with oil. Your cup overflows with blessings. Surely his goodness and unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life, and you will live in his house forever. Amen. And I just want to uh, give a reminder that um, there's a Zoom link uh, for coffee time with Matt, which Matt is hosting. And that link was sent out in the Thursday email. So if you would like to commune together with others on Zoom, please go check out that email, find that link. Uh, and that's going to be starting shortly in a few minutes. And go in peace. God bless you.